Welcome to Relationships as Spiritual Practice, Bridging the Secular and Spiritual, with your host, Lachelle Lowe-Chardet, founder of Mindful Compassionate Dialogue and Wiseheart PDX. Hello, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your attention and care and your dedication to growing, evolving, learning in your life and caring for your relationships. Last time we talked about the importance of presence in your relationships and being able to offer presence. And we mentioned that internal spaciousness is a central aspect of the capacity to offer presence. So how do we create this internal spaciousness? One of the most central practices for cultivating internal spaciousness is the practice of allowing grief and mourning. So that's our topic for today. I want to first talk about how it's important, why it's important. Name, then name some things that block our ability to allow grief and mourning and what the cost is. And then lastly, get into some practicalities. What are we really saying when we say allow grief? Let's get super practical about that so that you can carry it forward as a practice in daily life. Grief in mourning helps you move with the natural flow of life. Life is constantly flowing and changing. Nothing that arises in this world is meant to last. There's nothing that you are meant to hold on to as yours. Things come into your care and then they go away. That's the flow. Grief and mourning is an acknowledgement of this constant flow and the truth that on this plane of existence, all living beings and things arise, exist, and pass away. When we allow grief and mourning, we honor what was. We show our care for what was, how it was important to us while it existed in our lives or a particular person, and we let it go. As we do that, We open up a space. Things get to have their natural cycle. And we find ourselves naturally in this open, expansive place we are meant to live from. When we're not allowing grief and mourning, we can make some fairly predictable guesses about what's blocking that. Without grief, 
without the practice of grief day by day, your consciousness becomes like a cluttered house. Sticky emotions and beliefs and memories and habits pile up one after the other all over the house of your consciousness. And so it's difficult to move around without tripping, right? Without a moment of reactivity, resistance, shutdown, defending. And it's predictable that the most sticky emotions are what we call the four alarms. Anger, shame, guilt, and shutdown. Anguish and despair are reactive forms. Well, are emotions that indicate a reactivity to loss. So I want to include those, even though they're not in the list of the four alarms. Anguish and despair are also alarms, alarming us to our thinking, which has likely moved in the direction of resisting the flow of life, of getting caught in a story. It shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't have to give up this or that activity or thing. This person shouldn't be sick. This person shouldn't have died. And then making a huge meaning about that loss, right? That's usually the stage of despair. When we make loss mean that life doesn't have meaning. We make loss mean that things don't matter, that life is random, that there's nothing you can do, that you'll always be in pain. These are the words of despair. So, so different from grief, which is an expansive emotion. So when we notice this form of reactivity come up, first, just naming, ah, I'm feeling anguish. That feeling is valid by itself. And it tells me that there's a form of reactivity going on in the background. Thoughts and beliefs and behaviors that are creating a world of suffering. So noticing that with kindness towards yourself. Okay, there's reactivity. That's okay, I'm human. Reactivity is going to come up and have its own flow, just like anything else. It arises, exists, and disappears. You can support yourself when the reactivity is present by naming it as such, by sending yourself love and care and compassion. Oh, it's hard to be caught in reactivity. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. I would like to be free. And you can 
Express that wish at the end, right? I would like to be free. And if you can hang out there for a moment or two of silence, I would like to be free. Perhaps you can enter into the felt sense of freedom. Maybe you do that by remembering moments when you did feel free and expansive. Maybe you do that by simply allowing the you who knows about freedom to come fully on board, to take up more space in you. It would be impossible for you to say, I want to be free, if there wasn't a you in there that knew about freedom. That desire comes from experience, the experience of freedom from reactivity. It comes from knowing joy and equanimity and the importance of grief and mourning. So let's take a deeper look at what actually is grief and how can you invite it and allow it in your life. Grief, in the simplest terms we could say, is the recognition of loss or change. It's funny because when you have a headache and that changes and your head feels better, you don't have the impulse to grieve, right? But it still is a change. So I just like to say change to kind of open up this idea of what you might allow a moment of grief for. Sometimes we can do some spiritual bypassing. Right? And things change and we're just like, it is what it is. That's one of the ways we disallow grief. Well, it is what it is for resignation. So things change. And when things change, I invite you to consider noticing, ah, was that particular change living for me as a loss? Or was I truly embracing that change and being with it, whatever it was? So when we grieve or mourn, we can say that it is a deep allowing and willingness to be with the experience of loss. A process of consciously connecting with the felt sense of loss, without telling a story about it, without adding meaning. Allowing your attention to rest on that sensation of loss. You might feel a sinking in your chest. You might feel tears behind your eyes are flowing. 
You might feel the impulse to pause and exhale and relax your whole body as you allow yourself to experience that sense of loss. For me, grief most often feels like an opening down the center of my body, an opening and a sitting back and down in my consciousness. Almost like layers and layers of something peeling away, opening and peeling away and moving through. In that way, grief is an expansive state. And at the end of a moment or day or an hour of grieving, you feel relief. You feel a sense of being lighter in your energy, in your body, in your emotions. Your mind likely has a sense of being clearer, more clear. The important thing about being with grief and mourning is to trust that it has its own life. There's nothing you have to do to wrap it all up in a tidy package or direct it or control it. Once you open the door of allowing, it will have its own life. It naturally arises, exists, and disappears for minutes, for an hour, for a day, however it lasts. My experience of grief, bigger grievings when I've lost individuals in my life, is that it comes in waves. And those waves are pretty short, relatively speaking, like a few minutes. And another wave might come a half hour later, or an hour later, or later in the day. When you haven't allowed grief over many, many things, it, one could say, it could be quite natural that you fear opening the door to grief will be like inviting a flood that will overwhelm you and drown you. Leave you unable to go to work or care for your children or care for yourself. If this is true for you, then I encourage you to find someone to support you in allowing grief. Someone who is professionally trained to be with you in an empathic way and hold clear, grounded presence. Someone who has cultivated a comfort with grief, who won't hand you a Kleenex box and pat you on the back and tell you to move on. Receiving empathy and listening 
from someone who has a capacity to be present is perhaps the easiest doorway into grief. And a good way to start, or one could say an effective way to start, because as you have support and feeling grief, you'll gain confidence. You'll gain a sense of trust. Oh, I can be with this. I can allow this. I do feel better afterwards. I do want to honor experience or people that have come into my life and passed away from my life. I do want to honor. If you want to begin a practice on your own with grief, then I invite you to create the habit of pausing throughout the day. Pausing to notice body sensations and any sense of loss or sadness if it's there. It's not about directing your thoughts intentionally to what you've lost in your life. That's maybe getting caught in stories or ideas of grief. It's just about attending to yourself and noticing, oh, is there anything I could take a moment for and notice it's passing? And here, it's important to name that grief isn't just for big losses. It's a beautiful, beautiful practice for the smallest things. My... Mm, one of my trainers, Robert Gonzalez, who recently passed into the next plane of existence, certified me in nonviolent communication, inspired me so much with what he offered. And one of the things I remember most is he said, I was sweeping the floor. And I was grateful to be creating beauty and order. And in a given moment, I looked up and I saw that the sun had come outside. And I noticed that I also wanted to connect with nature and be outside and smell the air. And in that moment, I had a moment of grief. As I choose to sweep the floor, I give up even if it's just for a few moments, being outside, there's a little loss there. A micro-morning, we could say, or a mini-morning. And he taught me how important it is to acknowledge even those smallest of moments of loss. It's such a deep sense of compassion that you can create for yourself in your life. A deep sense of honoring life by acknowledging the smallest of losses and the smallest of moments. When you pause and you do find a sense of loss or sadness, then you can just rest your attention on the sensations. No story, just noticing the sensations in your body, relaxing, opening, 
perhaps a sense of sinking. You can notice a feeling of sadness, the sense of something gone in the space it leaves when it goes before life flows into that space. And if your attention can stay, you'll notice a natural upwelling when the grief ends, a natural kind of filling in in your body, a buoyancy, an attentiveness to the next place that receives your attention in you or outside of you. You can also open or begin your practice with grief and mourning through journaling. You can journal about what you long for or miss and the needs that weren't met for you in a given day or a given time period. Again, with bringing words into the picture, it's not about getting caught up in stories of poor me and I didn't have this need met and it wasn't fair and the world is unfair. That won't open the door for grieving. You open the door for grieving with the intention to honor life, to be grateful, to be in this life and engaging in it. And so when you reflect on a time period in which a need of yours consistently went unmet, and you would like to open grief for that period, I invite you to do so with the intention of honoring yourself at that time. Honoring the you who suffered or went through that experience. Sending compassion into the past, to a past you. If you do decide to engage your grief practice with someone else, there's a variety of ways you could open up that practice. You could receive empathy for what was missing at a particular stage of life, like we just talked about. This might include dreams unrealized that given your current circumstance, you probably won't realize that dream. And so that's a form of loss. A dream for a certain career or lifestyle or type of adventure perhaps. Naming those dreams and the needs you would have hoped to have met by fulfilling them helps open up the grief process. If you're grieving the loss of a living being, then so you're with someone who has this presence to offer, you can invite them to celebrate with you this living being, what you loved about them, how they were unique, the quality of your connection together. 
what you enjoyed together in this life. This honors your life with that living being and allows you to release. For me, finding ways to honor this life is a profound spiritual practice. And grief and mourning is a way to offer this honor. And as you engage and practice allowing, you'll find that your capacity to be present for other living beings grows and grows and grows. And that it is so deeply, deeply satisfying to offer that steady presence, that warm caring, like a candle that cannot be blown out, your presence abides. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'm radiating love from my heart to yours. You can find free resources and information about Mindful Compassionate Dialogue, as well as Wise Heart's live offerings and self-paced workshops online at www.wiseheartpdx.org. You can also connect with Wise Heart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube or by emailing info at wiseheartpdx.org.